So, um, what are your favorite moped sounds? I don't know, like touch a fly, was it moving? Like, no, nah, feel free locked up. Sounds like a fuck, dude. Oh boy! Wop, wop, wop. You fucking blew it! That's idling. Hi, I'm a Google virtual assistant recording this call for the person you're trying to reach. Before I try to connect to you, can I ask what you. Um, here What's to, up? Here to talk about weird mopeds. Um. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, it's the fucking Google call screen. Dude, I have a Google phone line. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, I it's I hate telemarketers. It's so nice just being able to be like, yeah, you can. Like, I don't know if you're a robot or not, but have fun talking to my robot. <laughs> my, I'll have my robot call your robot. <laughs> Yeah, dude. AI generated. <laughs> yeah. Dude, right. But, uh, Hell yeah, dude. Well, how's it going, man? Happy up? New Year. What's up, man? Happy New Year. Nice to uh to virtual meet you over the phone and stuff. <laughs> Hell yeah. Agree. Agree strongly. Yeah. What a great way to close out 2023. Dude, I was like, I didn't podcast last week. I was like, dude, like, I'm not going out. I'm not doing stuff. My wife's like already in bed. Like I'm not gonna get a babysitter for New Year's. I'm gonna I'm gonna work tomorrow. I'm just like, yo, it's it's another day. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, going out on New Year's is is overrated because like fucking late. Everything's so goddamn expensive now. Yeah, it's like, like I, I don't I don't drink. I don't care about the ball dropping. I'm not gonna like. I already stay up late as is. Like I don't need to be like out late. And then, like, as soon as midnight hits, I'm like, all right, cool, let's get out of here, you know? Like, yeah, like, I will hate people from the warmth of my own home. <laughs> dude, I can't even, like, be myself to, like, watch, like, the ball dropping, like, on the internet or TV or something. I'm just like, dude, I don't care about watching these theatrics in New York and, like, some, like, ball dropping. And people are like, oh, it's another day. We did it. <laughs> Like, yay, <laughs> one more year of rotating around the sun without aborting ourselves somehow. <laughs> we survived another one, thank God. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I wish shit would fucking get reset. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Dude, like, um, you're going to hear, you'll probably hear a ton through this episode. Like, it's Richmond on, like, any, like, holiday like this, like, the sec, the 4th of July, New Year's, it's just, like, constant gunshots for, like, the last, like, five hours. <laughs> like, as soon as the sun no, goes down, oh. people are just shooting guns off. <laughs> so, I haven't been in Richmond for a holiday, but, um, have been, we live in East Nashville, okay. um, and I find it interesting because the east side of cities are typically... These sides of cities are typically like lower income and gentrif are more likely to gentrify or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's because it's really interesting. I didn't know this. Uh, you know, weather moves west to east. Yeah. And the rich people wanted to live upstream of all the stinky shit. Mm. So that's why the east sides of metros are typically a lower income area. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of fucking weird when you think about it. I do the um, same thing, dude. Like, let, let the shit stream, flow downstream, right? <laughs> God, yeah. 
I don't want to like get off on any like political shit, but it is kind of interesting when you think about it. Mm-hmm. I'm also really bad at staying away from politics. I will do my best uh. to not <laughs> talk about it because mopeds are what bring us all together. I mean, if we're swimming in the river and I got to take a poop, I'm going to do it somewhere else, you know? Oh yeah, mopeds. Let's get it. <laughs> mopeds. You know, speaking of swimming in the river and shitting and mopeds, mm-hmm. that's a great topic to be on. The only thing that rivals mopeds is fucking nineties personal watercraft and two stroke boats. And we do a lot of that here in Nashville too. So Dude, yeah, it's like the second the, I saw some of the Dagger Boys got jet skis and I'm like super jealous. I mean they're all kind of garbage, but like, if you can make a moped, not even moped haul app, if you can make a moped reliably get you from like a few destinations to another, you can totally fix the PD. Yeah. And like, they're, they're so cheap sometimes. And they're free also sometimes. Yeah. Play the cards right, but. Just been lying yeah. around. Like, we, so we, a couple of years ago, we were planning to do a rally called Wet Wet. Like, we changed. The, the name of Black Black to Wet Wet on, on Moped Army officially. And like the whole like gimmick or whatever was like, all right, guys, like we're no longer Black Black. This club's now Wet Wet. We changed our logo from the Peugeot gasket to the Sea gasket. And we were going to like raffle off a jet ski. We had like this Fuck really, yeah. this really cool like um camp, camp spot. It's like a, it was like a campground like on, like on Lake Anna in Virginia. It's like, vacation fancy like giant lake area but it has this one like kind of like sketchier like you know campground where just like people can go there you can set up your rv they got people who live in like mobile homes there like you know there's like a like a really cheap motel across the street and we're like we had like this huge field on lock we were gonna run a pontoon boat we were gonna like you know buy a jet ski to like raffle off and like, all right, cool. Like I hope some landlocked, you know, club like wins this jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Did you do it? 2020 hit dude. That was, uh, that was the oh. year. Yeah. Like the pandemic, like got us. <laughs> we like, we spent all this time planning. What a dick. We scouted the spot. Like we had like test, test rode the ride a couple of times and we're like, dude, it's going to be sick. We're going to have like, you know, a couple of bushels of crabs and like, all right guys, just river party. But it, it, there any, <laughs> any plans to resurrect that? No, that sounds awesome. It was super awesome. I was really pumped when I still have all the information, like in a folder, like on my shelf, like, you know, from the planning. And it's just like, it'll probably never, it'll probably never come to fruition now. Like, like I know this year's, um, national rally land squids they kind of like i think yeah it was land squids they kind of mm-hmm. they kind of did wet wet they like you know they had boats they had like a slip and slide into the river like you know it, it looked like a good time oh yeah well i mean if you guys ever decide to do east coast revamp but let me know hopefully maybe one that day. sounds awesome i, I I also like kind of like the idea of just being like, yeah, the best rally, that, the best rally plan that never was, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's also a great story. If you actually do it, then it's not a cool story that never happened anymore. Yeah. It's like, what if it just doesn't live up to the hype, you know, like, ah, oh, like in my mind, it was like such a good time. 
there was a there was some plans to meet at a boat ramp in Nashville this year, and it ended up being like mon like a fucking monsoon. And we've got this old Mercedes diesel station wagon that I bought off Craigslist like a long time ago, and I went and got like sixty pizzas in it. <laughs> And I drove around for like four hours with 60 pizzas in my car while I tried to figure out where everyone was going to eat pizza. And then for like, for like, I don't know, three or four months after that, every time it would rain, it would smell like fucking garlic and butter inside the car. It was disgusting. And it was like, just the smell just like you could tell it had been in there. Yeah. So it finally went away. But maybe not. We'll see. When summer gets here, maybe it's still there. <laughs> That's great. It makes yeah. me think, that like makes you just think of like hot and ready. I'm like, I remember just like them like showing up with like mad pizza. It's like, all right, cool. Like we got pizza. Like you never go wrong with pizza. <laughs> I mean, you can't. But there is something different about. I mean, fucking. I love Domino's. But it's different when you like you're like oh yeah I destroyed half of the Domino's pizza and then you get back in the car with like fifty nine more Domino's pizzas it just doesn't hit the same yeah it's over <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of fucking pizza too dude it's like you guys were planning to throw down and it's just like you got stuck with it <laughs> yeah it was it was a lot but good problems to have I was in a car not on a moped so what did you do with the pizzas Winning. did you like give them away did you guys end up trashing it. Um, people made it back to the rally spot soaking wet and we just served pizza out of the back of the car. And it was like still sort of warm because there was so much of it. It kept itself warm. Uh, so it worked out. Okay. It was okay. Yeah. It worked out. But, so, you know, yeah. everyone, everyone got the you know, pizza. Yeah. Everyone ate pizza. Um, and then, <laughs> the rally spot was right next to some train tracks. There ended up being a lot of pizza left over. And uh, somebody was talking about frisbeeing a pizza into the train as it went by. <laughs> and I don't think that ever happened, but it was an excellent visual. And it's definitely like, a, oh, yeah, we're going to frisbee the pizza into the train is like a phrase that comes to mind when I think of that rally. So, good. Yeah, it was like, when in, when in doubt, dude, it was like, luckily it just wasn't just like, all right, guys, we're going to like prank someone and cover their car in old pizzas. <laughs> like, there's enough pizza to, yeah. play, to play games with at this point, you know? <laughs> oh, God, I love pizza. I, went on, I can't do pizza anymore, though. I, I went on keto a few years ago, and it made me like, I'm not like gluten intolerant. But I'm gluten but punished. You know what? So, it, like, you know what the gluten does to you. <laughs> yeah, it definitely. And my wife knows what it does to me, and she knows what it smells like when I've had gluten. And she's like, "I swear to God, if you just had a beer, you're fucking sleeping on the couch." So it's like sweating out of your pores. You're just like, I can't help it. It's a particular fart scent. She knows exactly what it smells like. She's like, "You had beer, didn't you?" And I'm like, "I'm very sorry." <laughs> I, okay. I swear it was wine. <laughs> yeah, I suck at wine, so I just I'm just like, yeah, I did. I never get away with anything. Damn, dude! You're like your body's just but, like snitching on you, dude. Betrayer. It is, but yeah, I just accept what life's dealt me. It's fine. 
That's great. So, but, so before we get too deep, dude, uh, why don't you uh, tell everyone who you are and where you're from? Well, my name's Ryan, and I bought a moped a long time ago to yard sale in Nashville, and that's where I'm from. And I love old junk. And I had no idea what I was getting into when I was 16 years old, and I bought my first moped for $75 at the yard sale. That's a good deal. Yeah, I was. Save five bucks. Like, you know, Mark a little, little, a little boy with a sparkle in his eye. <clears throat> yeah, and I, it's actually kind of an interesting story because fucking bought this thing for $75 mm-hmm. at a yard sale. All the way in my 84 Volvo. Got it running. It was like a great story. All the shit is an Emerald Green Maxi Sport Mark II is nice, 78. Snowflake and DA50. That's a nice bike. Yeah, it's a great bike. I still got it. And I went back the next year to be like, hey, man, I got your old moped going. And the dude fucking died like the next day after he sold it. Damn. Yeah. And so when I left with it, yeah, he sold me his soul. Basically, yeah, when he sold his, sold his heart, dude. <laughs> so now I'm afraid to sell it because I'm worried I'm going to die after the day after I sell it. But, uh, yeah, when I left, he's like, that kid's never going to get that thing running. <laughs> and then here we are, like, <laughs> however long later, and mopeds have escalated quite a lot. Yeah. Dude, that's kind of good of you, though, that you went back to, like, you know, show the old man, like, yo, like, look, I got it going. Like, I've definitely bought bikes from, like, older gentlemen. And, like, I love, like, you know, the backstory on the moped. Like, oh, where'd you get it? And, what, you know, tell me about it. And, like, they start, you know, giving you a little spiel. And, like, and I bought him. I bought two bikes from this real old guy. He's like, he's like, man, I could just never had the time to get them going. And like, you know, if you ever get them running, man, like send me some pictures and videos or bring it by. Like, I love to see them running, you know, kind of thing. And like, I just like got it, fixed it, like sold it, like on to the next bike. I need parts for mine. You know, I felt so bad. You know. <laughs> hey, you saved it from getting like screwed to a wall in a bar. Or like cut in half and turn into a bookcase. So mm. <laughs> it's as long as it takes as long of a direction, as long a path as possible to getting turned into a Kia, you did a good job. <laughs> you know, kept it from the scrapper, you know, didn't get fucking squished. Like we've donated enough moped yeah. parts to like the junkyard, you know? <laughs> I feel like if you ever needed to find a person to be an executioner, like a person that works in a scrapyard would be an ideal candidate because I could not crush all that shit. I'd end up on like 20 acres somewhere with woods full of garbage. Dude, we've gotten, we've gotten bikes out of places like that before though. That's super crazy to me. Like when you go, like we went to Inverness, Florida for a rally. Um, I can't remember the club's name. It was like the incriminators or like the, they, they, it kind of was like a, low key thing or whatever the name or whatever but these old guys did this rally at the house like it was great and but down the street like a couple miles away there was just this giant outdoor junk yard of motorcycles and cars and washing machines and just bullshit and you like you go in there and you just go walking around and you find all the stuff you can find and like you know you make a deal like all right man like how much for this pile of junk that's been sitting in the rain for the last 50 years? 
and like <laughs> you know like it's like there were a few things that were like in covers there were like some like you know some 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 tractor trailer backs and like some you know some shipping containers that had like just a just jam packed full of wheels and rims and you're just like i don't know what half of this stuff is harley's old like dude it was bad there was just so much stuff out there we were there for hours just walking around pulling stuff out we got like v1 engines like out of the mud and like you know you we, we brought tools so you'd open up this the case cover and like look at the side and be like dude like the internals on this v1 are perfect like it's it's trash it looks like shit it's like half buried in the mud but the internals are great like no one fuck with this and like you know we we just bought like all this random junk and like threw it in the back of the trailer and brought it home it was just like <laughs> just insane like all the stuff we found that's awesome no i love i love digging through stuff like whether it's boxes in a yard sale or literally like you said pulling shit out of the mud there's something something gratifying i don't know what kind of i don't know what uh flavor of dopamine that is <laughs> but it is tasty <laughs> i feel like i've gotten like less of that feeling like in me than i used to like i I used to, I used to be like, I'd, I'd go and drop a dime, you know, I'd be like, cool. I can go spend money on some junk. Like that bike's a hundred dollars. Give it to me. Like, I don't care what shape it's in. It's a hundred dollars, you know? <laughs> and now I just like, yeah. I'm, I'm older. I'm wiser. I see the headache. I'm like, all right, that hundred dollar bike's going to cost me $800 in like a shit ton of time. <laughs> yeah. I'm hard. No, I feel that. I'm hard pressed. Like, now even there's like we had good bikes we are craigslist and town's been blowing up dude like a ton of bikes have popped up recently and it's like there's two derbies that are our way none of us have bought them we all know the guy who has them like none of us have bought them there's like a kitted tomos lx with like parts that are probably less than two years old and barely ridden because i did the rebuild for this girl that was in lady king's and then she sold mm-hmm. it to one of the black black dudes and he sold it to some stranger and the stranger let it break down and he hasn't ridden it since. And now he's selling it. And it's like, he's like 500 bucks. And I'm like kitted top tank Tomos, like for $500 with all these aftermarket parts. And I'm just like, I don't want it. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, There's like I'm just some like, good shit that I'm like, I just, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Like five or 10 years ago, you'd be like, Holy fuck, we have to leave right now. Yeah. And now it's like, <laughs> Yeah. I was like, I see him like, that's a good deal. But I can't bring myself to pull the trigger. Like, I, I, I just think about all the bikes in my garage that aren't running right now. And I'm just like, Ugh. like $500 could get like three bikes fixed in my garage, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's responsible because then you end up with too much shit. But I mean, let's let's be real. The other half of the equation is how fucking hard it is to sell shit, and not just that it's hard, but it's painful. It People used, asking dumb fucking questions, mm, and it used to it used, it to, used to just be like, yeah, it'd be like here's fucking five pictures, five two megapixel pictures on Craigslist with a half ass description, and, so, and it'd just so be like sure. good replies. Yeah. yeah, and now it's just like, is it still available? Are people asking what's wrong with it when it's like clearly fucking disassembled in an inbox? <laughs> and like, oh my god, it's I, just awful. I think I've said this probably more than anything on the podcast. Like, I miss the kids that were like me when I got into mopeds. 
like when I first got into it, I was like, wait, it doesn't run and you're three hours away. Sick. That's a great deal. I can, I can, I can get this for the low, you know, like, and I'd go, like I was stoked when the bike wasn't working and like, you know, didn't care how far away it was. I'd drive, I'd go pick it up and I'd be like, sick, I got a good deal. Like, I'm like, where are the kids that like want like the junky old vintage moped? And like, and everyone's told me, they're like, dude, they're, they're in the e-bikes. Like they're, they're buying $3,000 Surons. Like that's where they're at. It is. I, we've got a guy in Nashville that rides Theron and I've ridden it. I, I fucking get it. Like it's cool. It's like a video game. You can like buy mods, put them on and it like does the thing. Mm. Like I get it. And it's on Amazon and like ease of access, blah, 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 whatever. But like that demographic is totally captured by that stuff. I don't feel like anyone's interested in the shitty old greasy stuff. Yeah, and it kind of makes me sad. Like I feel like they would get in. They would get into both. You know, like in my mind, I'm like, oh, I feel like one would be like a gateway drug to the other. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like like, I I, feel like that should be. Like I kind of want. I kind of want an e-bike. You know, I'm in the mopeds and I and I and I like that stuff. I'm working on them and I like motorcycles and all that. But like. I get the allure of the e-bike. I'm like, damn, dude, that'd be cool. I'd love to have a Suron and go rip some like mountain bike trails, you know, like, I mean, it's insane. Like the fucking sky's the limit. It's like what you want to do with this. And I like, I totally agree. Like I want an e-bike too. It's not just because like you cannot ride your two stroke moped in the bike lane and an e-bike, an e-bike is basically a moped that nobody's upset with you for riding in the bike lane. Yeah. And it, it hits different, but, uh, yeah, no, I I totally would want one too, and I'm sad that there's not more overlap. <sighs> I feel like boats are still safe, but also boats are kind of expensive. Gold <laughs> and like sea dudes. Yeah, like uh, I don't know. There's an interesting, or like kind of getting off topic here, but nah, dude, we go wherever you we want. might. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we go where we want. Uh, there's a you might enjoy lurking in the sea forums on Facebook because there's like a sea owners forum mm-hmm. and it's like people posting new shit and old shit. And then there's a sea two stroke owners forum. Mm. And anytime you post stuff and they stopped making the two strokes in like, I don't know, the early 2000s. Yeah. And anytime someone posts anything about a two stroke in the sea owners forums, there's like a couple like active, super active members. They're like, Oh, Fuck off. Go post in two-stroke owners. Nobody cares about the old two-stroke shit. <laughs> you go post in the two-stroke form and start reading the post. And it's just like moped people, <laughs> but like more of the lifted truck flavor. Nice. And anytime anyone asks a question, so many people comment on it, gaslighting the person or giving them <laughs> bullshit answers that like, if you didn't know what was up, you would go buy all the wrong <laughs> you shit. Might, yes, you get some bad advice. <laughs> and it's so funny because so many people are gaslighting people asking questions that they could answer if they would just read the manual. And, there, and there's no wiki. That, like, <laughs> there's no wiki. It's, it's hilarious. So, like, if you're looking for some good content, highly recommend CD Two Stroke Owners on Facebook. Hell yeah. 
but I also fucking hate Facebook. I hate selling my personal data to that motherfucker. Yeah, I just watched uh, The Social Dilemma, like, today. Like, I was like, uh, I put it off for, like, years, and I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll watch The Social Dilemma. <laughs> so I went down a rabbit hole. God, I just hate being a number, but also, I, like, I just love low-hanging fruit, people yeah. being gaslit on the internet. Yeah, it's not... It's, it's it's like a train wreck that you can't turn away from. You're like, yeah, I want to I want to see it. <laughs> let me throw my let me throw a comment out there. Yeah, I mean that's literally yeah. half my like Instagram uh, screen time. You know, I'm just like I'm scrolling. I'm like you know in the in the fucking doom scroll, and then I see some shit, and I'm like, oh yeah, to the comments we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know the comments are the best. And you spend like you know the next twenty minutes reading comments, just like oh, they're going hard. <laughs> oh, spicy! My favorite. Anytime I can get someone to be uncertain if I'm on their side or gaslighting them, that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> like yes, ah, uh, so good. Because I don't know, I just. Nobody questions anything anymore. People are just like accept everything at face value. People lack critical thinking skills. I lack critical thinking skills. I'm like, I don't need critical thinking skills anymore. I just run everything through chat GPT to like, yo, is this true? I want the, uh, I want the AI I to mean, lie to me also. <laughs> dude, we were talking about this the other day. Like some kids, some kids we know that play a lot on iPads. Mm-hmm. They like never went out and played games. They've like never gone out and like, like made up games or play games. Yeah. Like their whole definition of creativity is a drop down menu. Oh yeah. And I don't know. Gotta make We're your merging own rules. into like Yeah. You gotta make your own rules. Yeah. Turn the rules off. But That's I don't know. Mean. It's like just gotta give those kids like, you know, here. Here's this this is the entrance to the woods. Here's a pack of fireworks. And like, you know, go get in trouble. That's why. Okay. Let's get back on topic because (laughs) that's why mopeds are so fun. We've come full circle now. That's why mopeds are so fun because it is, it is a performance. It is a performance to ride a moped because when the shit fucks up, there's no wrong answer. It is like, it is just like get it on the road with the most cockamamie shit you can come up with. I think one of my favorite moped repairs that I've ever seen is uh, I'm pretty sure it's Sean Mahout's Urban Express. Mm-hmm. Like uh, one of the cylinder head studs, or one of those uh, case studs stripped out, and he used a fucking like woodworking clamp. Like one of those long ones you can get at Home Depot. Yeah. You just clamp one corner of the head back on with the woodworking <laughs> clamp. Nice. And it's like it's it's shit like that that I live for. It's like I how? live for janky fucking shit. I think I I used to refer to it as the uh the MacGyver like mod, you know, the MacGyver fix. It's like, all right, here's some yeah. gum, a safety clip, and like, you know, you just make <laughs> some shit work. Yeah, and like <laughs> fucking Vespas with the goddamn decomps and like trying to find trash to jam in the barrier to get the belt tension yeah, that, enough to get it started. Nothing, nothing like, yeah, like that 103 mode became fucking cigarette butt. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or that like finding that pe- premium piece of trash on the side of the road, the champ, 
to jam inside your fucking 1970s child toy. Yeah, dude. That, that hits the spot. Dude, nothing's like folding. I don't know what... No, only a few people know about this pain. Folding up a, a piece of paper or something so tight and putting it in your little ER3 variator so you can start your Modocaine or some shit. And that little shard of paper flying off and hitting you in the face or the neck or something. <laughs> That's a special kind of pain. I've definitely been there. It shoots out like a fucking rocket, dude. It hurts. All right. I'm about to tell you some shit that's going to make you want to go buy a CD. <laughs> because it's the most mope. Okay. The other reason CDs are fun is because the floor is lava. If you drop anything, it's fucking gone. Uh, but uh, I think one of my favorite CD shenanigans was uh, one of our friends couldn't get his CD started for some reason because they're all like fucking trash. Like mm-hmm. we pay no money for them. And then we just go try and beat them until they absolutely refuse to run. <laughs> and uh, he killed his battery trying to get his CD started. So I pulled, we pulled it out of his ski. I had a multimeter with me with like multimeter leads. Mm-hmm. I jammed my multimeter leads into my battery and rode around for like five minutes with the multimeter leads clamped into his battery to like charge it back up so he could start his ski because he didn't have jumper cable or a jump pack. That's crazy. And it fucking, it fucking works. <laughs> and that's the kind of shit I love doing is like riding my sea around with a battery like multimeter leads clamped into it trying to not drop it in the river to charge it so that we can fucking keep riding to the marina where we're going to go drink that's funny that's that's just like that's one of my biggest fears about buying a jet ski is like jet like yeah my my moped breaks down on the side of the road cool that sucks i I lock it up and i walk (laughs) home you know call an uber or something my jet ski breaks down in the middle of the james river i'm fucked like I don't know if you know this. I am fucking black. I'm not swimming my ass out of the fucking river. Gets <laughs> <laughs> the current in the middle of nowhere. Like leave my jet ski behind. I'd have to abandon ship, dude. That thing is gone. Like, <laughs> okay. So if you paid enough for it, it's fucking fine. But also, <laughs> I do not recommend solo outing. The only time I've got, done a solo outing, I ended up stranded. And the fire department actually came and towed us back. So, like, <laughs> maybe get a couple of your friends involved, too. I do yeah. not recommend. It's more entertaining, and it's less uh, higher, higher chance for return. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would put, like, jet skis, like, on the same rules I'd have, I'd have for, like, riding dirt bikes in the woods. Like, don't go alone. Have a friend. You know, have a fucking three-minute turn-back rule. Like, yo, if you're gone... And I'll show up in three minutes. You better turn around because something went wrong. That's actually fucking excellent. And also, let's take a moment to uh, be sad that I didn't ride any dirt bikes this year because I fucking suck. R.I.P. Twenty twenty three. At least it's R. over. R. You know, you got you got next year, kid. <laughs> Yeah, I got a whole nother year to fucking suck and not go ride my dirt bike. <laughs> Dude, I tried to sell mine all year and couldn't sell it. <laughs> I'm like, come <laughs> on, man. Like a like a decent year. Like it's like still newish. I think it's, I have a 2014 DRZ 400. This is like, you know, okay. decent, decent bike. Great, you know, great condition. Ton of aftermarket and like hard as fuck to sell. I was like, 
I bought it for a good deal too. So I was like, oh, I'll probably make a couple hundred bucks when I, when I do let go of it. And like, I had like every person would buy it. I had, I only had three people show up out of like going back to like us talking about shit being hard to sell. Like out of like months of it being for sale, I had three people show up and look at it and like, you know, two test drop, two, two people test drove it. One of them was looking at it and asked me questions and then like, was like, nah, this isn't what I want and walked away after, after he drove like four hours. I was like, that's crazy. I got a problem. If I fucking drive somewhere and buy something, like, there's a 95% chance I'm buying it. (laughs) Like, like I drove. That's literally what I was about to say. (laughs) Like, I drove five hours. Like, the biggest piece of shit. I might still. I'm probably still going to buy it. And, like, I'm just going to need a reduced price or something. I came here. I'm not walking away empty handed, you know? God, which is like, which is also put me in a bad spot with mopeds before. <laughs> I've like that was I've we're on the same wavelength. Yeah, I remember like there were these two bikes that popped up for sale, and I was like, "Come on, dude, Justin from the Rebels." I was like, "Get in the car, dude. We're going to pick up these two hobbits. They're they're like 30, 40 minutes from Richmond. Like they're close. Like we're going. Like you're buying one. I'm taking the other. Like he's like, all right. Like I don't even want a hobbit. Like he's a Tomos like only dude kind of. And like so we drive there. We're looking at the bikes, and he's like, man, that bike's rougher than it looked on the internet, man. This thing's beat. Man, this thing's thrashed. And I'm like, dude, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's seen better days, but it's complete. It's got all the stuff. We can, make the, we can make the rest of it up, dude. We can fix this. It can come back. And he's like, nah, I, I can't do it, man. I can't do it. I'm like, I'm like what? We, we were in a deal. Like, I was buying one. You're buying the other. We're going halves. Like, you know, and he backed out on me. I got, and I got stuck with buying two bikes. I was like, fuck it. I'll, I'll take them. <laughs> and like, I'll have a good time. <laughs> yeah, needless, needless to say, one of them's still sitting in my garage untouched three years later. Well, it's okay. If you wanted somebody, you wanted somebody to tell you that you made a bad decision, you've come to the wrong place. <laughs> yeah, any, any open oh. forum, not the right place. <laughs> like I've people uh, buy okay. bad of us, and so and there's someone out here who will tell them like he he did the right thing, you know. Not. Not to like keep fucking talking about sea dudes, but I've probably played with sea dudes more in the last couple of years than I have with mopeds, mm-hmm. um, which is shameful to admit. But the same thing happened to the sea dude. I drove out to like the fucking sticks in Tennessee. Some dude had like a cheap sea dude. We had like a boner for like 1995 sea dude GTX. It's a 657X motor. They make like five more horsepower than the previous year, and they're just like super simple. We drive out there, and this thing's, like, it's fucking locked up, and it's been sitting, and, like, the fucking tires look like they're going to explode. And I'm like, I don't even know if I can pull this back to Nashville. The fucking tires look like they're going to explode. And I stepped to guy's house. I was like, man, I appreciate you meeting us late, but I don't think I want this. And he was just like, please, God, buy it. I'm so tired of talking to people on Marketplace. <laughs> like, just make me any offer. And I was like, I don't know, man. I'm going to, like, drive to Wendy's and get a frosty and think about it. And I'll text you what I decide. And we fucking left. And my wife was with me. And if it hadn't been, like, a torrential downpour that night, I think the tires would have popped on the way home. They were fucking so shitty. Damn. I ended up giving him, like, 300 bucks for it. And it was great. Because, like, it was totally worth it in parts. 
But like, I don't have fucking infinite time to work on stuff. Mm-hmm. And I regretted every moment of buying it because I was like, God, everything is fucked. Mm-hmm. I know how to fix it, but like my, I got tons of other shit to fix. Anyway. Yeah. Dude, like you I know just, the drill. I just, I just Googled <laughs> that. I just Googled that bitch too. And for those who don't know, that is like, that's the, that's the Honda fucking like NS 50 of, of, of CDUs. That's that like Miami vice looking hot boy CDU <clears throat> colorway. Like those things are sick. That year, that year model is awesome. Oh, it's so good. Like the graphics are good, but, uh, oh shit. My phone's just died. Not my phone. I pick my earbuds. You'll probably hear me better too. Um, it's also like the last year of like fucking carbs, a fucking dumb CDI that doesn't have any opinions and like no security. Cause like after that, they ended up with like encrypted keys and stuff to start them. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's just not the same. Like CDI and carburetor. I don't care if it's mopeds, motorcycles or lawnmowers, a CDI and a fucking carburetor. That's, that's the jam right there. And that's kind of the end of that. Cause then it's all four stroke in like the mid 2000s. Yeah. Dude, I don't know. Man. Well, uh, if we keep talking about Cedars, you're making me, you're making me buy one. <laughs> oh man. They're just, they're all the things I love about mopeds and there's just like alcohol and water involved and it's just good. Yeah. The water, it's like the, moped plus water. Water ped, dude. Like and I and I live in a I live in a river town too and it's like we go ride bikes down to like where the you know the the boat landings at like all the time like we ride our mopeds down there we fucking ride the little bike trail you know we post up on the river and kick it and like it's a you know mountain bike trails right there all sorts of all the things you know so it's close it's well, not like it's far but like you said I'd have to convince like two or three of my other idiot friends to buy them with me I can't I can't go alone. <laughs> That, that's well, they've already got moped. They've already got moped. You don't have far to go. But like, I also feel bad because like the only reason I'm talking about CDs is because I haven't, I haven't done as much with mopeds as I wish I would have this year. Yeah, I've kind of like been getting over a toxic job, and mopeds kind of stress me out because I have all these things I want to do, and it's not like an unknown territory. Mm-hmm. Whereas with CDs, there's like lots of unknowns. And like mystery and shit. Whereas mopeds, there's less mystery, and they're just like, "Wow, I know how much this sucks, and I really don't want to do it." <laughs> but <clears throat> I've tried to have more fun with mopeds this year, and I, mean, I fucking love them. And I'm not doing that anymore. I'm like trying to do my own thing full time. Yeah. Um. So I hope that goes well. Which I'll do like a plug for myself. Dude, that's um, a lot of talk. That's kind of like a lot of why we're here too, dude. Let's get into it. Yeah, um, I do. So I'm a mechanical engineer by training. Um, I used to build like giant robot dinosaurs, and I ended up doing like a really bunch of like a ton of fucked stuff in CAD, and basically designing prototype shit every week. Mm-hmm. So did that for like five years. I'm trying to transition into doing that stuff for things I care about. So like older cars that are like 
too new to be old, but too old to be new. And they're not like fucking 60s Mustangs that you can buy a whole new car out of the catalog. Yeah. Um, and then the mopeds, of course. Um, you know, the... They're working with Dose to do um, some engines. Got the ZA70 out. Those are out for prototype testing right now, dude. So that I'm um, doing like a bunch. That was like I think like the huh? first. That was like the first thing that you've done that like really like made my eyes like because I you know I kind of seen you're like oh yeah you're posting some things on Muppet Army and stuff and like you know you got some stuff going on but I wasn't looking super hard until until Moped Workshop posted that uh, ZA70 like video and I was like whoa dude what's what is this dude got going on over here and i started going down the rabbit hole yeah so the za70 is basically the product of me spending five years doing fucked prototype shit and i was like okay well all this all these weird skill sets that i have that have no application in nashville because nashville fucking sucks for anything other than manufacturing mm-hmm. and just like babysitting a production line or an assembly line so it started out as a passion project and then i kind of regretted like picking that engine to do because while i love the za the za50s they're they're really complicated like the stupid fucking helical gear sets in them and having to set all those blind measurements mm-hmm. it was really absolutely the wrong first <laughs> engine to pick um but it's worked out. Um, I actually just tore it down. Having a weird, like the crankcase was pressurizing somehow. And I don't know if it's, there's some venting in the final drive in the original castings that I excluded from the design. Or if it's that the people that cut the case gaskets for them put fucking masking tape all over the gaskets, ended up like creasing the gaskets, maybe creating an air leak between the transmission and the, so the final drive portion of the transmission and the crankcase. Mm-hmm. But I was having this like really aggressive, like I don't know how else to say it, aggressive oil leak of it almost pumping gear oil out of the engine. Hmm. And so I rebuilt it last night with new gaskets and then I added in those features. And I think it's fixed. I took it on like a five or ten mile ride today when it would normally just have like oil covered all over the top of it. Yeah. And it seems to be fixed, but yeah. Those are done. I don't know how marketable they're going to be because they fucking hate yourself to want to build a Z850, even though they are fun to ride. <laughs> I mean, it could but be the like next thing I'm, a Tomos takeover, you know? Like, because I've heard plenty of people dude, be no. like, dude, the Z850 is the better Tomos. Like, that, I've heard Zero say it. You know, I've heard I've heard other people say it. Like, oh, yeah, the ZA is a better, you know, it's, it's a better Tomos. And, but I've never ridden one. Like I'm like from that weird line of people that are just like, oh, if it's got a ZA trash in and put it on an E50, but that's because we were lazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if we're talking about smiles per gallon, where it's like literally dollars spent and hours spent, you cannot beat an E50. And a ZA50 is absolutely the wrong engine to pick. They're a really fun ones for built though, and I I fucking love riding them. But I mean, the one thing Thomas has got going for it is it doesn't have the helical cut gears. Mm-hmm. So the in-play measurements and transmission aren't super critical. And what I would love to do is do like 
straight cut gears for Z850 at some point. Mm. But then it's also just like, why not just cram fucking Tomos shit inside of, I don't know. There's no wrong answer, but <sighs> that thing was like, it's pretty fucking complicated and it's cool. And it like does the thing that I wanted it to do. I don't think it's leaking oil anymore, which is great. But the thing I'm wearing on neck is something I think everybody would be stoked about. Is this the uh, cheap? Let me guess. Is the variated E50 thing or something? Yeah, dude. So I saw the picture and I'm looking at it, just like, what is it? And then I read like your description, and I was like, no, he's not doing that. And I had to like second guess myself. I'm just like, there's no way. Like what? So fucking. First off, what's the name of the of your company for? Like or the Instagram and stuff. Uh, so it's Schimmel Engineering. I wish I'd come up with something more creative, but it's too fucking late. I already like <laughs> had logos and shit done. So that's it. Um, the logo in white looks like a fucking S coming all over a gear. But you know, depending on who you are, that, it's a swan, that can work, dude. It's a swan. <laughs> yeah. So it's Schimmel Engineering. You can follow. Uh, I've got a website that kind of sucks because fuck Squarespace the plug to say fuck Squarespace. If you want a website, do not use Squarespace. I fucking hate Squarespace. I don't know what you use, but Squarespace is definitely not it. I just had a battle in with my... Squarespace's uh, domain like linking to like our t-shirt oh. software. It was a huge pain in the ass. It took me like two weeks to like propagate like a custom domain. <laughs> God. And it's just like, I pay you guys how much fucking money annually for you guys to just like sit in California and drink lattes, like fucking fix this shit. <laughs> I'm like, eBay works great and they just work off commission. Like, why can't you get your shit figured out? Yeah. Uh, anyway, Shimmel engineering. Uh, I'm on Instagram and I got a website. I don't have Facebook. There's no LinkedIn account. I'm not Amazon. If you order anything from the website, fucking get your panties out of the wad and for your, <laughs> your briefs or whatever. Whatever is between your ass, just sort it out because it may take me two or three days to get it in the mail. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, the V50, the V50, the goal is like, so the goal is as cheap as possible, dual variate a pook without cutting the frame at all and make it like something that some fucking kid can order and assemble with like a basic or a college kid or a high school kid or somebody that's, that's only got like tools to put Ikea furniture together. Like something that someone can order that bolts together, bolts on their bike and they don't have to like do a bunch of crazy shit. I'm going to first so say, dude, uh, if you need a test dummy for that guy, I'm your man, uh, <laughs> uh cash money on the barrel head. <laughs> Put put me in the fucking books, dude. Test tester, I got you. I'm I'm in. Because <laughs> I I'll I'm, definitely keep. Because I wanted. I've been talking. Ugh, everyone knows it. I've been talking about this stupid um like maxi cross build for like years. I'm obsessed. I have the thing as like a background on my cell phone of exactly. It's literally like a maxi, but like when you do like the full dirt bike fairing, so everything pretty much looks like a dirt bike, except there's a maxi frame for the base of it, you know? And, yeah. And I have like, I have KTM plastics already. I have like the forks. I have a frame. I have all this. I have 
front and rear disc brakes. I have on brand new mags, <laughs> tires already on. I have all these parts just piling up and I just can't like bring myself to like finish because I'm like, all right, well, I know I probably need another like $900 worth of bullshit and then a lot of time and fabrication to like weld it and make, you know, do all the, the things to mount everything properly. And so that's where, where I'm just like, I'll just buy one part every six months kind of thing. And I just like need something to like motivate me to finish. Dude. Besides kids and boys yelling at me every other week. You know? <laughs> I've got projects that have been going on for a long ass fucking time. But as long as you keep chipping away at them, like there is no shame. So like, I don't like who the fuck cares. Yeah. Whatever. Dude, You'll get there. I got brand new mode McCain parts that have been like in a box on my shelf for like six years. You know, like, ooh, MLM just came out with a, a sick, like, square, fancy sub, like, swing arm for Mobies. I bought it instantly and it, and it just went in the box with the other part. Every time some fancy part would come out, I'd be like, oh, I need it. And then you just buy it and it just sits on the shelf, you know? I, I know, I know. It's okay. You're in a safe space. There's no judgment here. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is like therapy session. I just like start like talking about all my poor investments and moped parts that are laying around. I'm like, all right, so there's two Gila kits over there. I, I was gonna buy one, but I figured <laughs> I figured two's better than one. So I just bought them. They're on the shelf. They're both brand new. Um I've opened them, I've touched them, I've caressed them. You know, like. <laughs> I mean, okay. So, like, moped's probably not the best thing to spend money on, but, like, at least you're not making, like, in-app purchases in a game or something. At least you have something tangible to touch. Yeah. At least and, like, I- no offense, no offense to anyone that enjoys games, cause, like, I'm not, like, a D&D dude. I don't understand, like, playing video games and stuff. Like, I'm sure that brings joy to people. And I, like, sometimes I'm a miserable human. Like, maybe I should try and <laughs> fucking play video games. But, at least you can touch your money, or touch what you spend your money on, and be like, that is the thing that I've traded my dollars and time for. And I can also lie so. to myself about being able to sell them and get money back at some point. <laughs> at some price, someone will buy it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but. so once again, as I keep fucking distracting you and <laughs> changing the topic, um, tell everyone again about the V50. Cause I think it looks fucking cool just from like the mock-up pictures you have. It's a great idea. All right, so it has changed a little bit. Um, I originally wanted to keep it so the cylinder was in the exact same space as where poop cylinders are stock. And unfortunately, unfortunately, that's not going to work out. Because, like, what I wanted to be able to do is, like, somebody take an E50 and be like, ah, fuck this E50. I'm going to put a dual variated engine on my bike and then literally just swap the top end over and you've got a dual variant bike. So that was the original plan. And as soon as I started looking at maxi frames, that kind of went out the window because I kind of want to appeal to like Euro dudes yeah. that don't want to cut their maxis up. And uh, yeah, there's just no, there's literally no fucking way to get two, two variant or to get a dual variant set up on a maxi with the cylinder in the stock location. However, you tilt the cylinder up 
you can fucking cram everything in there. Like the spark plug without the boot on it literally touches the fender on a maxi. If you space everything out, so you don't cut the frame. Mm-hmm. It sucks. But if you tilt, if you tilt the cylinder up, you can run anything. And the things I'm got targeted right now, cause like, I feel like me personally always had a boner for Gila kits because the fucking to. mating surfaces. Yeah. It's cause massive. like, the, so you got to, cause like huge ass reed block, uh, 75cc, the transfer is so big. They don't even fit on a stock case. It's just like, I just have an epic raging boner and I've never had like a Miller TIG welder. Yeah. So, um, the goal, what I'm targeting is being able to run Gila kits. And I've also got a liquid cooled uh, focus on Kimco super nine. The Kimco super nine cylinders, they make a 39 millimeter kit for a 41.6 millimeter stroke. So it's like, and that's 50 cc's, but Pook is 43. It's like 55 is stock. And then they make a 47 millimeter kit, which is the same as Gila. Mm-hmm. So it's like a 75 cc kit. And it's liquid cooled. So since the stroke is shorter, you just get the deck height right. And then you can change the port timing. And then you've got like a badass cast iron liquid cooled cylinder that is super cheap. You can get like 47 millimeter, like Chinese. Uh, off-brand kits for like 130 bucks on eBay, or Melosi makes a kit for like 300 bucks uh, that works on them. Uh, so that's the goal. Yeah, but it's all new parts. It'll be a billet case, Melosi um, Speed Gear Final Drive. So it basically be a Vespa rear wheel hub inside the case, a Melosi uh, rear variator, and then a Pelini style front variator on custom parts on a Tomos crank. So it's a Tomos crank with parts to adapt it to a variator, a really short fucking belt. It's a four L one sixty belt. The outside diameter is like 16 inches. I think it might be shorter than M one Oh one crazy. Best rear variator stock gear train. And then it's a custom output shaft to Pook nine slime uh, sprockets. Which is like where it really but, slaps. You're then, then you're pretty much making an E50 compete with a fucking derby. It's like cool. I can I can gear this to whatever the fuck I want. I'm dual variated. Yeah. Oh, I got an awesome clutch. Like, <laughs> yes, because like, like that's what fucking that's what fucking sucks about Hobbit and Vespa is you're stuck with a final drive ratio. There's no way to adjust it with a chain drive. And that's why M101 and Derby slap is because you can change the final drive and you've still got your CBT transmission. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to bring that to Pook. Um, and you, I mean, you nailed it on the head. You get it. Uh, and it's so like, yeah. If you put like, a Gila kit on it, like for air cooled, like that's the cheater bike edition. It's like anyone can put this kit on with minimal work and, and rip dicks. Yeah, dude, it's so... St- All right, so... I've got a Gila. I built a Gila on the ZA70, and I did case induction. And I've never ran one, because, I've, like I said, I've never welded and milled any cases. I've got a circuit pipe on it, like a super-restrictive circuit pipe, like a mid-range pipe. My tune is not very aggressive. I'm not running super-advanced timing. My head temps only go over 300 degrees while I'm climbing a hill. 
the wash pattern on the piston looks fucking perfect. Like that shit is not trying hard at all. And it does like 55 GPS on the flat. It is not trying at all. Yeah. And like, that's what I want to bring. I mean, I know like, I know people are going faster than that. I know people are going like 70 and shit. Yeah. Like this thing doesn't fucking care. It can do this forever because it's not raced out or anything. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to be able to do for people because because it's just like people in Teslas and Priuses like pissed off and they don't want to like sit behind you <laughs> while you're stinky moped. Like everything's got to be so quick now. We drive old cars and like it just helps being faster off the line. Your top speed's still slow relative to a car, but as long as your pickup is good, people are just so fucking impatient with like battery electric vehicles, hybrids, and then all these cars with CVTs. Like fucking CVT cars are like missiles off the line yeah so i'm just trying to bring some of that to moped we'll see if it works out i don't know i'm stoked to see it dude all right and then here's the other thing so when i was the angled cylinder development is like a one week like it's this has happened all within like the last week that the angled cylinder has like sort of come into play mm -hmm. what i'm also looking at is uh not integrating the frame mounts to the machine parts of the billet case. So the billet case would basically just be like an engine core that you could adapt to other things. So the actual motor mounts would be like cut out of flat plate and like some tube stock, like some three eighths ID tube stock. So you weld it to anything. Yeah. You weld it to anything. So like basically anything with a left sprocket output becomes a candidate. So you've got like Tomos, uh, Minarelli, Saks, and then kooks or anything in a cradle frame or the fuck ever else you can come up with. So that's kind of the trajectory we're headed on right now. The initial quotes seem good and like billets more expensive than castings. But like if I can sell enough of these, it'd be really cool to invest the money in like some cast tooling mm -hmm. because then they get stupid fucking cheap. Yeah. And then, like, some really dumb stuff can happen. So, we'll see. But, yeah, I, I think mean, I'm done with my spiel. I kind of no, went hard dude, there for a fuck second. That. More spiel. <laughs> I feel like there's enough idiots out here that, that will all help, you know, buy more shit, you know? We're all, we're, it's some mopeds, like, so there's, like, mopeds, like, oh, I have one, and this is the same bike I've had forever. And then there's, like, the, the, the level of mopeds was like, yeah, I can't stop buying them. You can call me Andy. I have 500 in a basement. <laughs> and then there's like, you know, yeah, I got like three or four, but I also have all the bells and whistles that have ever been fucking created. Like there's plenty of mopeders out there that are buying every fancy part that's ever made. Like look at all the fucking GY sixes. Look at all the, you know, people are buying these things. It's not like it wasn't. It's not slowing us down. Oh, cool! Treats just came out with some some new shit they made. Everyone buys it. You know, yeah. I, I have the the rear pulley support system that Treats put out. I've, not, I've never even put it in a bike. I bought it. It's sitting on a shelf. Like ah, <laughs> preaching to the choir, man. Preaching to the choir. We're, we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> buy them. It's like we can't help ourselves. So you know that's why I'm like I always respect people doing cool shit. And like, I don't know, the whole rabbit hole of like the 3D printing and like stuff was kind of cool. I kind of saw that. 
And then I was just like, that kind of led me down your rabbit hole, like all the scanning. I know nothing about your industry. Like the idea that you can scan parts and like redraw them and then like, cool, reverse engineer like these parts is insane to me. It's like even it's a, even something as simple as like the the you know the the pook the pook uh, magnum trunk that everyone fucking breaks you know it's like unobtainium shit from opeds that people can't you know can't get like those are the things that people want replaced and need all the time it's like Treeland came out with Hobbit mags after like twenty years of people having to pay five hundred dollars <laughs> to get fucking Hobbit mags. Like, oh, you want one wheel? Cool. Four hundred dollars plus shipping. Like now you just now you can just go buy them, you know? My my first hobbit I had mags on it and I paid nothing for them. And that was fifteen years ago. Like five years ago, people were having to were having to pay three hundred, four hundred dollars a wheel and then get them shipped from another country and pay the shipping. Like it was ridiculous. And now Treats makes them and anyone can go buy them brand new and they're selling out. Sorry, I went on a fucking spiel, but <laughs> no, that's I mean that's totally the thing. Like, because I mean, at the end of the day, when you get home from your shitty job and you've like sat in traffic and had like whatever or like whatever shitty thing has happened to you, like mopeds are like safe space. Like, you know what you're gonna get? It's gonna be fucking brokey, broken, brokey, broken, <laughs> fucking stinky. And like kind of sad. It's like always broken, but he's easy to fix. You get the dopamine hit of fixing it. And it's just like, it's good. And that, I feel like that's, that's why I spend money on it at least. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you, I don't know how you're wired. It sounds like we're very, wired very similarly. So I don't want to speak for you. No, no, no. But, you're, you're definitely there. Like the, the dopamine. That's why like I, that's why I think working on mopeds is just as fun as riding because that, that kind of, yeah. that graphic, that, that like, instant gratification you get from fixing something and like being, and then it working and then you ride it and you're like riding it. And while you're riding it, you're just like, Oh, I, I did this. I fixed this. Like my own two fucking head. I'm a man. Like I did this shit. Like you're, you're soaked on it. Like you're so excited. And, and I feel like so many people miss that because we're coming from like our cultures changed so much that it's just like, Oh, it's broken. Throw it away. We'll buy another one. You know? Ah, oh, I know. Is fucking so depressing. <laughs> but yes, I I would like to celebrate for a moment the fact that you said you almost that you enjoy working on things almost as much as you do riding them. I I'm right there with you. Like I love to get out on the river and ride my sea doos. I love to get out on the road and ride mopeds and hang out with my friends. But I also just like fucking fixing shit. It's like a puzzle. It's like a like yeah. my Sudoku, my Sudoku puzzle or whatever. How you say I would it. definitely play it right there with puzzles, like which is kind of funny because I fell down a YouTube rabbit hole of uh, jigsaw puzzling, but like not just like for fun as like an actual like sport. There's a there's World Series of puzzling. It's insane. Just just to know, just so you guys know, if you want to go down a rabbit hole on YouTube, there's a a World Series of fucking puzzling. <laughs> Yeah. I went, the only thing I have to contribute regarding puzzles, uh, because my wife, my wife and I like to put puzzles together, uh, when it's, uh, cold outside. Mm -hmm. Apparently 
But like, I was laying on the couch the other day, and I'm like, I wonder what the fucking biggest puzzle that anyone makes is. And apparently, Costco makes a puzzle. And it's like sixty thousand pieces. But then you go and look at it, and and some woman's like, I put all this shit together, and it's like some like some like crunchy crunchy mom like <laughs> rustic farmhouse shit. And uh, some dude in the comments section, because you know we're like minded people, we go straight to the comments section. Mm-hmm. He's like. What a fucking little horse shit. He's like, that's just 61,000 piece puzzle. That's not a 60,000 piece puzzle. <laughs> ah. So, yeah. Yeah. Dude, they have, I don't, I don't know, there's really crazy them. shit. There's like, I think there's like some shit for like AI puzzle building too. Like they build, they have like AI put together a puzzle that's all white. Like there's no reference. Like I think that was like probably the craziest thing I saw. Like, I don't know. That shit gets weird out there. Weird. <laughs> But yeah, speed puzzling is uh, awesome. It's like they get a time limit on how how long they have to put it together. And then, you know, if you don't finish in time, you're out. Pretty simple, you know? Oh, so it's like a it's like a it's like a championship, it's like a bracketed thing, or is it like everyone we're, competes at once? Like you just So we're gonna puzzle. we're gonna fucking go down this, dude. We're gonna stay off topic. We're gonna hit this. So it's <laughs> Hell a, yeah. it's a tournament <laughs> and it's like, okay, cool. Like this is a multiple day event. And like, cool. Here's the first stage. It's a 500 piece puzzle. It, everyone, there's like a room full of like 50 people competing, and the fucking puzzles are all on a table inside of a bag. No one knows what it is yet. And the buzzer goes off. They pull the box out of the bag. They open the box. They dump out all their pieces, and they start fucking putting this thing together. And it's like, all right, you have 90 minutes to get this puzzle together, and then. Lo and behold, in like 36 minutes, some fucking person wins. And you're like, what? 500 pieces by yourself in 36 minutes? And then like, you know, the bells keep going off from other people finishing. And it, and then it's like, all right, cool. Like, you guys made it to the next round. And the next round's like, okay, now we're doing a thousand piece puzzle. It's insane. Crazy. All right, I'm going to have to go down this wormhole. Yeah, do it. It will. It's going on the list. <laughs> but to bring it back to mopeds, that's that's exactly what I think. Like I, what you said about like mopeds being like a puzzle, it's literally that. Like that, that like my mind, like it's a release for me. It's like, it's like cool. Like I, I can take my mind off of like work and off of, tr- it's a distraction, you know? It's like, all right, cool. Like I'm not like scrolling through the internet, like drowning myself in nothing. I'm not watching some show that I don't care about. Like I'm working on my bike and then there's like, there's problems to fix. And then I find the solution of what I need to do. And then I fucking do it. And I've, when I accomplished a task, I'm like, cool. I started something. I finished it. Like, you know, there's like good shit that comes from being able to start things and finish them. So like kind of like tangentially related to what you just said is like, the part of the therapeutic part of it for me is knowing that at one point it worked. Like this is a fucking mass produced product. They had them on dealership floors, whether it was like your great uncle's garage or like mm-hmm. some fucking main street town store somewhere in the like late seventies, you were shipped. They were products. You could buy them. You could order them from a catalog. Like they worked, they were sold. They had warranties. Like they were, fully done thing. Yeah. And for like coming from like coming from somewhere where you do 
where you do a lot of prototypes and shit, mm-hmm. you are designing stuff and you try your best to make it work in the computer. And sometimes it just doesn't fucking work when you build it in real life. Mm-hmm. And I'll say like, when it comes to cars, motorcycles, CDs, whatever, if it's like a commercially produced thing and you're just trying to get it to work. And again, we're like moped aftermarket. This goes right out the window. <laughs> but, uh, there is something therapeutic about being like, all right, this is not like, this is not a trick question. I know this works. It is a fully engineered, like solvable thing. that was a product at one point. I just have to sit down and find out which variable is incorrect or which piece is out of place or thing is operating thing is out of adjustment. And there's just something therapeutic about knowing that it works. It's just you that has to figure out what is wrong. Yeah. So, so I like next time anyone that's listening or even you, cause I tell myself this all the time. I'm just like, you know what? This fucking worked at one point. I just have to sit down and figure out what exactly is out of place because the design's not bad. Just something is out of adjustment or not working as, as intended. Just something silly. So, I haven't found it yet. Say again? It says just something silly and I haven't found it yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's always like the fucking weird shit. I'm trying to think about the weirdest fucking moped problem that I've ever. Ooh. A had. shawl that just didn't, that just didn't work. I've, I, that was, my, I think, my, one of my hardest things that I went through. It was like, ooh, gunshot's nice. <laughs> but it was like, <laughs> I spent, days and days and days and days and days and i was working on this bike and like it's all rebuilt everything's together everything is correct i know it's all right i've checked everything i've double checked i've taken the cylinder back off i've done you know i've done all this bullshit running around and i'd get it to spark off some spray in the in the cylinder you know a little cheater spray i'd spray some you know carb spray or starter fluid in the carb i'd get the pop and start off with that like i'd i'd I get it to start with the pipe off. I'd clean the carb again. I'd clean the carb again. I'd do this. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, dude. Everything seems to be working right. It's not getting fuel. Like, this, I don't get it. And everyone's like, dude, the shawl's dirty. And I'm like, no, dude. I took it off. I cleaned it. I, I used reaming tools. I went through all the bullshit. And apparently, there's like, like, inlet like you know i can't remember the word i'm looking for right now i'm like so flustered about it but like (laughs) there's like there's like a idle canal or channel there's some channel inside the shawl that can like get clogged and be unfixable because you can't get to it like no matter how much you spray carb spray in it and how many reaming tools and how much like wire and shit you run through all the little holes and clean all the jets like it won't get clear and I literally changed the carb and the bike ran perfectly. And I was so mad because I spent, I spent so many hours fighting this, like trying to hunt for this one problem. You're like making it better and better and better. But the thing that was fucked up. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. That was, that was, that was my worst. Man, <laughs> I think carburetor, I think it's carburetor shit for me too. I think the thing that kicked my ass the hardest was, uh, I always like, I was like, oh, PHBGs, they're the fucking best. Mm-hmm. I, they're just the best. I just read about them and shit. When I was like getting started, I was like, this is the best carburetor. I'm going to buy the best carburetor because I think it's the most tunable and all this other shit. Mm-hmm. And I had a fucking 
my treat 70 kit on a pook. I could not fucking get that shit to run right. And it was because of the stupid atomizer. Like those PHPGs Ooh. are so sensitive. You had the wrong, like, you the the wrong one in it. The AU. Yeah. Yes. And like the, the AU the versus AN? the AN atomizer. Mm-hmm. God. Dude, you got piston port. Your battleship is sunk if you don't have the right, the little C shaped thing in there. Mm-hmm. And then like, meanwhile, you get like. Or go ahead. No, I was just like, that's that, that's like, that's like that, like default in the wiki shit. Like, you know, like at least now it's like, it's so like, uh, like documented that everyone's like, make sure it's the right one, you know, like at least now it's like, it's, I feel like it's out there. Like everyone knows to check for that, but I get like, if you don't look and you're like fighting this tuning problem and like you, and it's an atomizer, that's like the last thing someone's going to like go change on their own. Yeah. Because it's like it's pressed in, it's not like something that screws out. I just I felt so because it was one of those things. Like, like when you when you said you swapped the carp, as soon as I fucking put the atomizer in there, it was so easy to tune and adjust. Yeah, and I'm kind of off the PHBG fanboy wagon. I'm I fucking love OKOs. Ooh, you're an like OKO Makuni. guy. Yeah, OKO Makuni D slides, and then uh, Joe. My buddy Joe, he he loves the M20s. I don't think I've seen him <laughs> ride it. Anything he's built with, he's bought a large carburetor for. I don't think I don't think he's bought anything other than VM20. And all this shit fucking runs good. So yeah. maybe I'll try a VM20 next. That's funny. I've never like I've only owned one VM, but that was like on a Tomos, and I sold the bike, so it wasn't like I never like I didn't buy a VM, but like. I started off the same way. I was PHBG like only, but that's because like I, that's when I first got into the mopeds. All I did was read moped army. So like I didn't yep. like I I had a pot, I had a bought a moped and it sat in a corner. But I read moped army for months before I ever bought a bike. And then when I bought the bike, I was just I was only buying the shit that I've been reading about for months. And PHBG is like in the wiki. It's like I read the wiki so many times. I'd read the wiki like every other year. You know, I'd be like, I need a refresher. And I'd like, you know, I'd skim through the <laughs> wiki again, you know? So I like I gotta know the basics, you know? Like and you scroll through the wiki and you're like, as soon as it says something about carb tuning, there's like a little link and you click it and the, what does it take you to? It takes you to a PHBG. And it's got like the layout of how to tune it like right there in front of you. And I think that's what made it the easiest like gateway, like big carb because there's like a map that's on the wiki. That's like, all right, well the quarter throttle does this and the half throttle does this and then your slide. And then like, and it tells you each step of the progression of how it works. And I feel like that made it like really simple to make that like the carb you'd buy. And then it was like, I don't think, I could have described it any better. <laughs> yeah. And then, like every, like, every shit. French head back Happened then was running, you know, PHPG 19s or, you know, whatever. And they were swearing by it. And like, so like you go down a mobile came rabbit hole and that's what everyone preached on. And I don't know. There's so many carbs now. Like I became like a Makuni, like flat slide dude when I got in my hobbits and, but like there's other great carbs. I, I had an OKO on the um on a on an E50 for years I had like it ran great it's funny that they're all the same carb and they just drill the hole bigger it's like <laughs> the, like the outer diameter is exactly the same on all these cards are just like you're like why is this 19 so big it's like oh because it's the same one they use for the 24 and the 26 and the, you know 
I don't know. Yeah. I wish I got into like the I, new stuff, like the, all the new kids that are getting in. They're like, ooh, like we got Polini carbs and we got the the stage six carb. And I'm like, dude, I want to buy new carbs, but then it comes with the thought of having to buy new jets and I can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> okay. So what about, uh, do you know anyone that's running a smart carb on a moped? They're like stupid expensive. But yeah. Like, so they cost the price of a moped. It's like a $500 yeah, carburetor. Like I think there's, <laughs> and there's two, there's a smart carb or you can go like the electron route or whatever. Yeah. Electron. That's it. Yeah, and they and they both make one that's like you know moped size, and they do the things. I think the smart carb runs off like a like it's like a needling system that controls it all, and like it seems awesome, like in theory, and like they work because they because they're big carb companies doing dirt bikes and all sorts of other bullshit. Like they they definitely work, and I they I think they have like a good like you know service department that like if you have questions or you're not getting the results you're looking for they can like kind of like point you towards the right thing to get but like i know that dude i can't remember his name off the top of my head um he's from the midwest like ohio or something and he like he had a uh, ryan from crank pipes build him um, a motor and he took it down to he, it was for a hobbit and he took it a stage six hobbit and he took it down to um florida to drag race the boys down there like king snake and them and mm-hmm. And like he, so he's got experience with like with the smart carb. Like I know, like he had one on his bike. He was working on it, tuning it, this and that. So like, he's the only person I've talked to that like you know that's that I know that's ran one. I think it's a great idea, and that kind of leads goes back to that whole thing of um wanting to buy all the fancy parts, no matter what they cost or what they are. You know, for for yeah. for the, to feed my pet addictions. I'm like, ooh, something new and shiny. I must have. And that's one of those things. It's like every well, time something I more expensive. Say, oh, sorry. I was just like every time something more oh, expensive. No, you go ahead. Every time something more expensive comes out, it's like I find a way to justify it in my mind. I'm just like, ah, oh, I remember like when I buy bikes, for, and the whole bike would be a hundred dollars, and now it's like every you know like the first time you bought like a a kit that costs over two hundred bucks, you're like two hundred dollars for a kit. Like you're, it's insane, right? Fuck. Like three hundred dollars. Yeah, for, I bought a Bitolo for a fucking a bit a lot for a fucking motorbike. I think I paid three fifty for it or something ridiculous. And I was like, it was a gut punch. And then it's like you know you buy some fancy like MLM carb. I mean like a pipe. You're like, ooh, let me get the biggest pipe they have. And you're like, damn, this pipe's two what two ninety? Like you know, oh, let me get a crank pipe. Let me. All these things cost so much money, and like you just have to justify it. You know, like. It's going to be worth it. it one day. I mean, fucking how much does therapy cost? You know, <laughs> like that's the way I, that's the way I see it. It's like, what would you be spending on therapy if you weren't buying moped parts? So like, there, there you go. Yeah. All right. But like, all right. So smart carb, I would totally fucking love to run one someday. I don't know if I'll ever have the like kahunas to like pull the bolt one onto a moped. Mm-hmm. But like one of the things, one of the things I really enjoyed running and you should check, I don't even know if they make them anymore, but you should totally fucking check it out. If you're interested in like jetting on the fly, there's this, uh, there's this thing called a adjustable jet. It's a company called, yeah, adjustable jet. It's a, it's a company called thunder power and they make this thing called a thunder power power jet. I don't know why that's fucking horrible branding (laughs) to put power together twice. But like, if you've ever run like nitro RC cars, and like dial the jetting in with those needle valves, exactly what this is. So 
OKOs have a spot in the casting that's not drilled for a power jet. Mm-hmm. So you drill and tap the float bowl. There's a check valve. And then you run line up to a needle valve uh, that goes where the uh, power jet goes. The power jet is a needle valve that you can adjust on the fly. And you basically, you jet under where you need to be. And then you bring your main jetting up to where it needs to be with the power jet. And then you can adjust it on the fly. And I've actually got, got two of them. One's installed on the ZA70 and the other one's installed on a Kawasaki G3 Supersport, which is a 90cc rotary valve, five, five speed motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've taken that on some longer rides and like the jetting will change quite a bit for like elevation or like time of day or humidity or whatever. And it'd be fucking cool. Cause you can be like, you can be flat out on that fucking thing. Like in a full tuck, like watching your temp gauge and it shit starts to creep up. You can just reach down and unscrew it and throw more fuel at it without stopping or pulling over anything. Things like 120 bucks. You just fucking install them in an OKO is it's kind of awesome. That's I'll send you a picture if you're interested, but yeah, I think we'll somebody does that. a dial a jet too. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's a couple of different people doing that now, but no, that's cool. Like I always heard the idea of like the, the power jet, but it was like, to me, that was always like some like, you know, mythical dirt bike thing. You know, I was like, ah, no one's ever going to do that on my pad. And then like, <laughs> lo and behold. <laughs> it's, it's cool. I think, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It seems to do better on the 90 than the 75. I've got to fuck around with it some more on the VA, but cool yeah. shit. And it's cheaper than Electron or a. Yeah, by I've far. I've gone on the website and looked at the prices of things and like, ooh, fuck. Yeah, I think, yeah, think it's a not. That's a punch, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like we need I, somebody to knock that off. Like, I want to build, I want to build like a stage six, like, you know, Hobbit or Derby or some shit, but like, you know, maybe put it on a Fox or something, but like, even that's like a punch to me. It's like, a, like a $600 water cooled kit. Like, yeah, it comes with a head, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. So not to go like back again, but that's one of the things I'm really trying to focus on with the V50 is like, it's not cheap, but you can go super fucking crazy for like way less money than you'd spend on anything else. Mm-hmm. Cause like cranks and pipes and kits and shit can cost so much money. And like a Gila kit, you can buy two Kimco liquid cooled cast iron kits off eBay for what it costs to get a single Gila kit. And like the cases are going to be expensive, but I hope at the end of the day, like, the amount of money you spend versus the power you get out of it. I hope that's a better ratio because like, dude, mopeds can get so expensive. Like if you go down like a certain rabbit hole or a certain flavor, Oh yeah. It is dude, especially like Vespa. Oh my God. Dude. Vespas are, Vespa, Vespas are so goddamn expensive. Vespa goes super deep. And like, even all the boys like kickstand boys, Thomas from Ruck, the rebel rousers, like, you know, people I know that have like crazy amounts invested in Vespa, like with fancy ass parts, Simonini kits, all the bullshit. Yeah, they're fast and they're doing 
crazy speeds and they're doing all sorts of stuff and they rip. But then if you look at it and then you look at the internet and you're like, oh, guys, there's like, there's way more levels to go in this Vespa game. And like, I, so I don't know anyone in the States that's gone like that deep, like off the clucking cliff in the, in the Vespa land, you know, it, every time I turn around, it's like fancier and fancier. Yeah. Who's that, who's that guy on Instagram that does like full billet, everything he's like billet rear set, billet subframe, like just crazy bonkers shit. He's like some, I don't, I definitely follow him. I can't, I can't think of, well, think of it off the top of my head. Like I know I've mentioned him probably before, but I'm like, it's crazy. It's <laughs> he's like, yep, everything's got discs. Everything's you know, fan- dude. It's it's bonkers. I mean, like, I'll so like Vespa are super fun. If you stick with like the stock cases, I don't know any bike. I don't think that puts down as much power as well as Vespas do. That's just the fucking problem is you just hit that bottleneck with the fucking 13 millimeter carburetors and the, the cylinders. And it's just like, that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. And like, I love them, but like, it's so much easier to like break that barrier with like Pook or Tomos or Derby or Hobbit or anything else. Yeah. And the Vespas, they're like, they do really well as long as you stay in the same realm. So they just fucking get blown out of the water. Or you've got to go like super fucking crazy to yeah. spend a shit ton of money. Definitely have to go past the subframe. It's like, all right, cool. The subframe's trash. We got to get rid of that. All right, cool. Now, oh, these cases are garbage. We got to switch those out. Like it, it's everything's like buy, which is great because it's there. The the well's so deep, you can buy all of it. It's all available. It's not like it's not like there's any scarcity on buying the parts. Yeah, that's one of the weird things that I don't get. It's like. In some ways, the Vespa aftermarket is better than the Pook aftermarket, and I just don't understand that. There's so many fucking Pooks, but like Vespas, there's like I don't know. Maybe that's just perception. Um, I think but, it's just the CVT, dude. It's that variated game. It makes it's so close to scooters that like I don't know. It just seems like that was like the more viable path for the future. That like, yep, we'll put more money into this. Like, sorry, Pook. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Going back again. Speaking of the CVT, the 4L160 belt that I've got picked out for the V50, mm-hmm. you can get a you can get a Continental uh, cogged V belt for eight dollars, <laughs> and it's so small you can fit like four or six of them in your pocket. And if you want to buy like a cheap shitty belt, you can, I've seen those belts for as little as 90 cents a piece. That's crazy. So, so I don't know what's going to happen with that, but like, if it works out, it should be fucking stupid. And I really hope to really hope to run it on pinball. Um, or bakers, it's not pinball. Like, yeah. uh, like Joe and I are talking about if I can get it done in time, trying to run it on pinball is like a torture test. I'm like, you just, um, I'm like you just aged yourself there, dude. It's calling it the pinball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, dude, when it comes to when it comes to like fucking cross country shit or laying down tons of miles, you gotta have a belt because when you've got a centrifugal transmission, that thing is just shitting in its oil the whole fucking time, and it's just gonna abort itself. And like, if it's a CVT, all the wearing components the wearing part is the belt and you can just fucking take it off and put another one on. Yeah. 
and yep. it doesn't need to be cleaned or decontaminated. It's just fucking put another one on, and you've got a brand new transmission from a wear perspective. I want to say like CVT won the last three years in a row, if I remember correctly, from Baker's. I think it went like I don't remember, last but I year, don't doubt it. Derby the year before, and I want to say there was a, like another. I want to say it was like a buy bike in second or something that year. <laughs> and like, so it's like varied, varied, varied. I think the only time, like, I think of a, a non varied bikes one, I think it was a Tomos because it was just like, okay, brand new Tomos. Like, let's make this <laughs> as easy as we can be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think if you, I think if you just maintain a decent speed without breaking down, I fucking think that's a strategy. And that's kind of, yeah. I think that's kind of what we're looking at. I did pinball in 2014 on a Vespa and we finished six ahead of some Z850s, Motor City Riot, uh, ran three Z850s. But, dude, we spent so much fucking time broken down. Yeah. And like my shit was really sorted before we went, but I was chasing, I was chasing head temps the whole time, trying to not blow my shit up and, Derek had his own issues and it's just like, man, if you could just do 50 or even 45 all day long without stopping, yeah, you'd be very competitive. I feel like maybe you wouldn't, I haven't watched the no, fucking I GPS. Think, I think you would. We've had like lots of conversations about this and it's just like doing 70 is awesome, but you're going to spend a lot of time fixing shit and breaking down. And that's, and that's where it's like, all right, like how fast can you make these repairs because the tortoise and the hare, you know, it's been a child fable for forever. <laughs> like there's that 45 mile an hour Thomas that's never stopped coming behind you, you know? Yeah. 45 is a lot when you're going zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say like 45 to 55, like cool. You can get in that range and do it forever. And I would I I've I've said it many times like yeah, like the idea of doing a pinball or bigger dozen or whatever I think would be awesome, but I can't bring myself to do it. Like I've I've rode like a motorcycle that was old like on a highway for 3 hours and I hated my life. Like, all right, cool. <laughs> like, this is like some old, like, Norton fucking, you know, vintage British motorcycle, full throttle, doing like 85 or 80, like, vibrating its ass off. Like, I couldn't feel my hands after 20 minutes. And I'm like, am I still holding on? I don't know. I guess. Like, dude, if you're, <laughs> on, if you're on a Norton, you get like a factor three multiplier for time <laughs> so like don't sell yourself short <laughs> old british shit that's like that's got to be worse than mopeds i i feel like it had to be <laughs> like i literally i felt like i felt like i was white knuckling like cold and, and and scared and like nervous and like tense like ripping this bike back with my buddy from this bike show and i was just like yeah this loner bike is awesome it's really cool look around town great to ride on the highway for hours on a straight shot to get back to town, like, and like cold and my hands were done. Dude, I was just like, I just know riding mopeds all day for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles every day. Like 
the fatigue, like I already have bad hands, you know, from working my hands and shit. So like just the hand fatigue, I just think would be like, what would be the worst for me? It's like, you ever broke your hand, like punching walls or doing dumb shit? Like I have, and they don't like mopeds after a certain amount of time. (laughs) Well, the last time I, the last time I had more than like a hundred mile day on a moped was probably in my early twenties. So, okay. Maybe, okay. Maybe the last time I've had over a 200 mile day on a moped was in my early 20s. And, uh, yeah, I don't know how it's going to go. I might fucking get my ass just absolutely handed to me because. Like, how's your back? I can't lay on the concrete. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's pretty good as long as I don't pick up heavy shit. But, uh, dude, the nerve damage in the hands, like, that, like, that's for real. Like, when I was chatting with, or J Bot was talking about it on, the MA that uh, the shit talk your bakers build thread that's going on MA right now. Yeah. Uh, dude, the fucking nerve damage in your hands. I couldn't feel anything in my hands for like two months after pinball. Mm. And like, I got to do, I don't know if it's barring grips or what, but I mean, I've ridden motorcycles long distances. They weren't north. So like, <laughs> not comparable. It was like, <laughs> it's like a shaft drive. 80s BMW, but I mean, it's fucking, it's fucking gnarly. And then you're on a moped with no arrow and no horsepower. Like, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I might fucking bitch out. Kind of shitty suspension. Like, I don't know. I feel like the comforts are like, are like definitely in the top five of like things to have for your like Baker's build, you know, like. I need something where you're going to be relatively comfortable. Like the sitting position matters. Multiple places to put your feet matters. Like, you know, I would assume some form of cruise control for the throttle. So you can let go every once in a while would definitely matter. Like (laughs) 10 out of 10 have to have a long seat. If you did a, if you did Baker's on a saddle seat, you, I, I don't know. I don't know. Or like if you did any, if you did 200 miles on a saddle seat, I don't know. I don't know what your ass would look like. The only way my ass isn't just like completely destroyed is being able to move around on like a longer seat. Dude, J- J- I don't know. Fucking Jimmy from fucking Second Chance won last year on a Hobbit single seat. Oh, yeah, God. Given, given it's got a, it's, it's a Springer seat, it's got springs in it, but like, I. I think I think it was just a, I think it was just a straight up single seat, you know. From I'm like, oh. it just sounds torturous to me. Like I love the idea of Baker's. I'd be more than happy. Maybe even this year because it's kind of coming close to like the east. Like it's going from the east to the through the east coast. I'm like, yeah, it'd be cool to like drive up to like Ohio and like do a day of like the Baker's like from Ohio to the next place and hope I don't fit shit the show. But if I do shit the show, shit the bed, bike breaks down, like, cool, I load mine up and I get to drive home the next day. Like, <laughs> it, was yeah. fun, it was fun seeing you guys. Thanks for letting me ride along. But now I'm going back home. Like, I'm not doing this every day. I'd like to see more rallies with long ass fucking rides. Because that's one of the things that people loved about the old Nashville rallies and the current ones is that there's always like a fucking big ass ride, yeah. a long ride. Long, long live I Natchez go to, Trace, dude. 
Yeah, long live Madge's Trace. I want to go to more rallies where there's like 60 and 100 mile rides. I like 100 mile Saturday. Like, like, for real? Like, I've like, you, when you were like, yeah, it's been like a long time since I did a 200 mile day on a moped, I'm like, dude, I've never done a 200 mile ride on a moped. And I like, and I've been riding mopeds a long time. I like them, I enjoy them. But like, trying to convince other people to do 200 miles on a moped is kind of tough. That's a, that's a tough call. Like, doing a hundred at a rally if you break it up like you know you can like as long as you don't tell them it's a hundred miles you'll get everyone to do the ride and they'll like complain later you know like <laughs> but i feel like that's that's yeah. a, i feel like that's a good spot dude like i've gone to rallies where you only do 40 miles you do 60 miles and you're just like Ugh. like you i feel like every time i do that like that happens i leave like wanting more kind of i'm like damn like, yeah like i could have like ridden for another hour like we could have like we could have rode some more like you can you and, and you notice too like you know if you kind of have a idea of where you're at and you kind of notice that they're heading back and you're like oh we're heading back already like, like oh man oh. yeah thought- like, i'm bummed i'm like damn dude like i drove all this way i thought we were gonna rip it up like all day i thought we were gonna be out in the streets and then like you like what like, go off on your own and do another like side mission you're like all right like side mission we're out of here <laughs> Yeah, I I feel that I you said uh, you said you're in Richmond, right? Yeah. So I went to a Richmond rally 2012 or 2013, and I was in college. And I wasn't really good at drinking, <laughs> and I drank a sh- I drank a shit ton of. I don't know. People were like passing around a bottle of whiskey and shooting off fireworks. And it was great. And I brought this bike that everybody hated, but ended up falling asleep. I ended up falling asleep on a skate ramp. And I guess, I guess I like had a raging boner or something while I was asleep. Cause I woke up and I just fucking, fucking had spray paint like across the front of me. Like, from where, like where my dick was in my pants, and I was like, "Ah, shit!" It was great. Caution, caution. <laughs> like caution, caution. Yeah, uh, but no, Richmond was great, dude. I'm like, I'm like, I only went to one. I'm like skate ramp, 2012 ish. I'm trying to think what rally that was. Like, was that ours? I was there with Stretchhead. I was there with James. Fuck, dude, I don't remember. I still got the rap. I still got the sh- no, no, no. It was uh. I think it was Ride or Cry. Uh, right. Swonk that, Squad in that like garage basement thing. Yeah. Well, the, scaven- right. the scavenger hunt year. Uh, man, that's too long ago. I don't remember yeah. anything. I don't, I don't remember. remember much. I don't remember. <laughs> but yeah, someone was going around with like a, like the, uh, you know, the guy in the jacket with the cap on for the neighborhood watch thing it's like it's just like a black silhouette and it's like a guy in like a trench coat with a hat and it's like tipped yeah it's like neighborhood watch <laughs> someone's going around with stencil of that spraying stuff and uh for the longest time my rider cry shirt had like that neighborhood watch guy like spray painted on the back of it that's funny i don't know that was some fun shit that was a good ass rally we were going up this one fucking monster hill and couldn't like see the top of it or whatever but it was just hauling ass, and I guess somebody local was leading it, and he just crested the top and fucking caught so much air. It was 
it was great. It was like my peak memory from that whole the whole rally. Fucking dying on that giant hill crest. But yeah, I need to go to more rallies. It's been a long time. Yeah. I fucking suck. What Joe's I, a good boy. He goes to lots of rallies. Oh yeah, Joe rallies hard, dude. He was like, oh, like he does. Twenty, I think it was two thousand two, two thousand twenty-two is like rally MVP of the year. You know, for the whole moped scene. <laughs> he yeah, we were joking that he had a oops oops all rallies month where he, he just did only rallies. But oh man, yeah, I just pulled yeah. up the old flyer, uh, Richmond RVA Moped Collective Rider Cry 2012 uh, meet and greet at the Shred Shed East. So that was like. That was like, you know, right around when I got into mopeds and like, yeah, I remember this one. That's funny. That was a cool, that was a great, that was a great spot and it was a great rally. Yeah, that was a cool shop. That was like the first like official like shred sheds location in Richmond. And that's where I like, we ended up like a bunch of us moved in there and became like, you know, like Sean, it was Sean's shop, but then a bunch of us like sublease space. And yeah, so we, it was cool. That was like right when I was getting in prospecting, like hanging out, like, you know, doing mopeds all the time. Like, yeah, that's when the obsession like really became a problem was like 2012, 2011, 2013. It was like, all right, dude, like, this is my life now. I do mopeds. <laughs> what are you doing like, work today? Mopeds. Like you knew I was hang, hanging out there on the regular, you know, it's like, I got, I got no band. I got no girl. Like I'm playing mopeds. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, we. That's one of the things that sucks about the Nashville scene is there's no commercial real estate here. Is so expensive, and I'm mm-hmm. sure it shit's fucked probably over there too now. But like, yeah, there's just no way for us to have a shop. And I don't know. Do you guys still have a? Again, I'm showing my ignorance here. Do you guys still have a shop or No, not not officially anymore. So we had so kind of went like this. There was that shred sedge location you were at from 2012. And then we went I think it wasn't in Vernus Rally, so we went to Florida and we came back from that rally with to a big like eviction notice on the door. And, Damn. and they like tried to lock us out with all our stuff inside. So we like kicked the door in and like proceeded to load up everything and we moved like that week to like another location. And, you know, we were in that spot for a couple of years and then, um, Sean had done, did the, uh, the big like ATA ride when, um, the moped scene, like took on like the trans America trail, the TAT. Mm-hmm. And then like after TAT, he was like, I'm moving to California. Like he just like stayed at Treatland, a bunch of them just stayed out there. And like, we're like, all right, well, Sean's closing the shop, but we got to like, exodus because like we were splitting the rent between like sean as having as his business and then like all the like moped collective like rva that was like subleasing and like a bicycle co-op and then like the bicycle co-op was like oh we're moving out so we're like okay well we can't afford it without the bicycle co-op so we like you know scrapped you know a huge section of tomo stuff i feel bad like there was so much tomo shit that we trashed just took to the fucking scrapyard for weight and like you know we 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 jumped out of there we jammed out and we had this like cool ass like junkyard spot this guy that like 
they tear down old houses in Richmond and like re- and save all the lumber and bullshit. And he just has like this junk lot by the train track that he would like store it all. And he, so we rented space from him and we had like a really cool shop there for like two years until like, I don't know, we got broken to a couple of times. Cause it was kind of like sketchy area and like the landlord wasn't doing anything to like make it more secure. So we were just like, all right, like we got hoodlums cutting through the wall and starting fires in our shop in the middle of the night and stealing tools and helmets. And it was like, you know, like wild. we came into like our, they tried to cut into the sewing machine. I mean, the sewing machine, the the soda machine to get the money box out. But like, you know, like they're using like the tools that we have in the shop or like, what is like, it was just (laughs) ridiculous. Like how did this happen? So we, so we all like left there and that was our last group shop. Like I, it sucks. Oh my god! Because like that was like awesome spot. It was like we had we had Smog Squad, Rebel Rousers, Black Black, like all in this one spot. It was like kind of like sketchy area, so, so we could get away with pretty much anything. Like I think the only time we really had problems was when Legion blew up a toilet with a fucking stick of dynamite, and like <laughs> <laughs> and the fire department showed up. And we're just like, uh, that wasn't us. That was like the other side of the train tracks. I think that came from the hood over there. And like, (laughs) we played it on the projects, dude, and fucking got got away with it. But like, yeah, that was our last group shop. And then like, after that, like the, the collective part of Richmond got like really weird. Cause like we had, we all had to scatter. So we ended up in a bunch of like single car or double wide garages, like scattered amongst the city. So it's like everyone was just like every man for themselves, you know, find yourself a hundred and fifty dollar garage that you can like rent and shove all your stuff into and you know, we'll meet somewhere else to do rides. I've listened I've listened to a couple of uh I've listened to a couple of your episodes. I haven't gone through them all. I'm trying to like save them. But uh I remember the, I think there's one episode. Yeah. <laughs> More like more like I need I need some motivation to get me horny to work on moped. But uh, I remember I think there's one episode where you guys were talking about different shop spaces and like moving around and stuff. I really enjoyed listening to that one. It made me feel better for like sucking. Yeah, I mean but, it sucks. Like it, like it's like one of those things where like we see you see even now like I'll be driving down the street and I'll see like some kind of shitty building like in a sketchier area or like a kind of middle of gentrifying area and I'm like dude like that'd be a cool spot to like have like a group shop. But then like, I'm just like, I can't, I, I know I'm not going to be able to pull. Like we're not, our scene's not in a, a spot right now where like every, we could we could convince the, the few people that we have in it to like dive in on a big group shop. I think if one of us, like say like I like opened a business and I bought a building and I had some space in the back and I was like, Hey guys, I got space in the back. How about everyone fucking set up in here and then, like, I think that's the only way we'd ever get a group shop again. If, like, someone bought some building and we had it already, like, in our possession, and it was like, hey, there's there's space. Why don't we, like, you know, put mopeds in the back and everyone, you know, come together again? I think that's the only way it would ever happen. So, unless Thomas does it or I do it, it's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Yeah. Plus, like I, like I'm like I feel like I'm adulting super hard now. So I'm like, dude, I'm like I got my own garage in my backyard. Like I never had that as an option, you know, ten years ago, twelve years you ago. You feel like you're what super hard? Adulting, dude. 
you know? Oh yeah. Adulting. Like I, like I, I got a property and I got a fucking garage and it's like feet from my back door. Like I don't, you know, so I'm like to spend money on a spot somewhere else. Like, you know, it gets tricky. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's nice to have a communal space, but I mean, we're kind of in the same boat. Like I've got it. Like most everyone's got like a garage or a basement or something. And it's just, it just sucks. Cause it's all scattered. Yeah. And I wish it was in one spot, but, but like you said, it's just fucking everything's so goddamn expensive. Yeah. And I, I agree with you a thousand percent. It's going to be somebody having a business in a building and like, being into mopeds and calling out some space. That's the only, I agree a thousand percent. I really enjoyed like, like if really we sh- enjoyed all the validation that I've gotten this evening. Really on the same page. <laughs> it's and a lot true. It's it been very good for me. Like if we, if like, cause here's where, here's where it's at. Like even, even the group shops we had, like it was accessible and it was easy because at most it was a hundred dollars a month a person. So like, we could we could scrounge the ten people we had in the group. We could scrounge up you know a hundred bucks a piece and like cool. We got a cool spot with power and water and a bathroom or not you know for a thousand bucks. And it's yeah you're hurting cats because you got to like you know gather this money from your in a you know your like non responsible friends <laughs> like once a month. You're like yeah dude like I'm gonna need that hundred from you next week. You know someone's got to play dad. Or mom, and like it's that part kind of sucks. You're like, you know, all right, like I I I paid the bill already. Now I just need you guys to cough up. Like here's the PayPal, you know, like send it. So that part kind of sucks. But like, I don't know, to have a group spot that you can go to like is so awesome. Like, I would would spend a hundred bucks to to do it. Like I'd spend a hundred bucks a month, maybe even 150 bucks a month to have that space, even though I have my own just because like, I think it's such a, a solid point of like building your communities, like scene, like if you have a local, like a legit spot where everyone knows, like no matter what you can come here on Tuesday night and people are going to be here hanging out or what, like zero shop. Like that's a dreamland, dude. It's like, what you guys have like a legit space. Like you can do this at all the time. I don't know. Even though it was, even though with the spots we had, it was like, it was so much fun because it was awesome. It's like, I knew like if I get off work and I go to the shop, someone's going to be there hanging out. Like I, I never, I never have to wrench alone again if I don't want to, you know? Well, I mean like the other thing is like, if you start thinking about, I mean, I agree. I agree with everything you're saying. But just like, if you think about what it costs for everybody to go to meet up at a bar or something, if you just like, take some beers or some white claws or something to a shop space and you're paying the rent at the shop space where it's like a hundred, hundred fifty dollars a month. Like that fucking pays for itself. You're like, you're saving money by not going out to meet up at some bar or something. Cause it's so fucking expensive to go out. Yeah. I mean, that's where we were at, dude. We were, so, we were grilling out there all the time. Like we had the grill at the shop. We had a, we had a, we had a fridges that had beer and whatever. We had a soda machine that had, you know, cold drinks and shit in it. And we, we would cook out and hang out at the shop, like, you know, all the time. And it was awesome. And like all your friends would always be there, but it's like, it's also that tipping point. If you're going to make it cheap enough that it's affordable for everyone, you get, you guys, like you need a bare minimum of like 10 people. 
Yeah. So like that, that's a hard, that's where the, that's where the real entry level starts. Cause like, look at like most communities and, and mopeds, like mopeds are fucking small. Like the niche is small. Like, like there's, you know, there's a, there's moped army official clubs that have five members, you know, it's like, <laughs> and I come from black, black. I'm like, we're like one of the biggest, like quote unquote number, like clubs in the, on the, on the, on the thing, but we don't all live in. You guys got people fucking everywhere. But yeah. But we don't fucking <laughs> live in the same place. So it's like, yeah, I got like a couple homies in my club that live here, but like, they're not riding every day. They're not super active at the moment. So like, so would it be easy for me to convince them to drop $150 a month on a spot that they don't go to? And then it's like, I don't know. You you just need like a, like a certain amount of people that are active and like deep enough into mopeds that they're willing to spend that money. And that's, and I feel like that number is at least 10 people. And it's like, if that number goes down by three or four people, then it's like hard pressed to like keep the spot, you know, it's, it's weird. Like, you, I don't know. You need a critical mass. You need like a like enough, or just one person who's uh, individually wealthy to <laughs> to bankroll the whole like, endeavor. I'm not picky. <laughs> yeah. Like if you build like, <sighs> like, like you know the field of dreams type shit, but mopeds. Like I guarantee, if I had it and I built like a legit spot. And like it was decked out, it had all the tools on the wall, it had the welder, it had a powder coating room, it had the fucking benches and a couch and a lounge with TVs and coffee and video games, and and I, and the and the you know the lights were always working and the bathroom was always clean. I guarantee people would be there hanging out all the time, but <laughs> yeah, no, I I feel like a thousand percent. I agree. It's like. 10 people like the minimum. And then once you start going under that, it starts getting uncomfortable. Yeah. I think the most we had and, in our one spot, I think we had 18 people at one point before Dana moved to moved to California to work in Treatland. Like before smog squad, like half a smog squad moved to new Orleans. We had like a, big shop with like a lot of people it was a lot of people like that were contributing to the to us us having a group spot and it was awesome like it was cool to grill out with your friends it was cool to like have a spot you knew you could always go to it was cool to know without any any without asking any questions you had a spot to host the rally it wasn't like cool when you go find a spot it's like oh no we rent this space and it's got like this property around it like no matter without even having to ask the landlord, cool, we know we have a spot we can throw a rally. Like that's cool. Absolutely. But yeah. It's yeah. few and far far between. And especially with the way like cities are gentrifying and changing, it's like for me to find even for me to even find a place for a thousand dollars with like power and water and like, you know, somewhere that's not gonna get it's robbed. Not every a other storage night. unit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somewhere large large enough to hold more than fucking twenty bikes. Like because we got to, you get that many people, you get eighteen people together, you end up in some zero situation where like, you have fucking fifty to hundred bikes in the place, like they're you're stacking them on top of each other. Like, all right, yeah, you guys are paying one hundred fifty bucks to rent this space, but you're not allowed to bring all your bikes here. Like, then what's that about? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, ah, uh, yeah, I don't it's know, hard. I don't know what the answer is. 
it's hard. I don't know. Like, the answer is like whoever wins the lottery first, like you know, you you pick five cities and you <laughs> you fundraise uh moped shops. I'm waiting. Uh, if you win the lottery, uh, let me know when we're firing up the Nashville satellite location. It's like all right, so. guys. Like <laughs> I like like it would be like some kind of like weird like uh, scheme, you know? Too like all right, here's the deal, like. I'll pay for the spot, but you guys have to collect every bird scooter in your city and charge it, and I get the kit back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just be a uh, dose dose North distribution center. Yeah, yeah, dude. That was like my. It'll be like, one... it'll be like IKEA pickup. Yeah, that was, that ahead, was like a one scheme for a while. I was just like, dude, I got my moped garage, but I wasn't paying for the power in it, like because it was like connected to the house. It was like a weird. It was a garage, but it was in the back of like someone else's house, and I just rented the garage. Like the landlord rented the garage separately from the apartment, so I was like, okay, like I'll rent the garage. But they paid for all the power, so I'm like, I didn't have to pay for power. I was like, damn, dude, I should like load this bitch full of bird scooters and just charge them in here every night for free. Like, <laughs> like, I like how many amps was the service to this garage? How many? How many fucking? How many fucking power strips can I piggyback off one another? Yeah, like I found a loophole until that shit catches on fire. <laughs> Nothing like a you gotta happen here locally. Oh, did it? Like a a farm burned down, <laughs> scooter charging farm. Yeah, or yeah, a uh, like an e scooter tourist thing where they like have electric uh, sit down scooters. Mm-hmm. It burns like a seven bay garage down in the Saran City. Dude, once those batteries really. catch, dude, there's nothing you can do. The team don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> underwater, on fire. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, dude, so you have a bunch of them stacked in one place? It only takes one, and then it's, like, all over. Yeah, it's like we're watching a fireworks factory catch on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, dude. Dude, well, we've got we've gone at it for a long time. Like, I want to like we could. I feel like we could talk for like another hour. Like, like we could get into so much more stuff. Like, we didn't talk much about like your long tenure as a, a moped enthusiast. You know, nah, it's all right. I'm always here. I enjoyed hanging out. You were very generous and let me talk about watercraft and and then we covered a myriad of other topics and. We didn't really talk about any one thing in particular, and my ADD brain is pretty pleased with that. So, uh, dude, I had a great I, I'm time. always here for a rematch. You just let me know. Yeah, of course. I'm I'm 100 percent down. Well, like, well, I swear, guys, if you're listening to this, you made it this far. <laughs> Next time, you'll get to learn more about him and uh, <laughs> Ryan and how he got into mopeds. <laughs> like, I feel like that's like the like the main scheme of the podcast. Sometimes, like, hey, how'd you get into mopeds? And like, you know, how'd you make it this far without like quitting officially? Like. <laughs> But, well, Joe, maybe we get me and Joe on the phone. That would be fun. It'd be me, you, and Joe. That would be fucking fun. Yeah, I'm down. Like, then what next you know would be on tangents about skateboarding. It was just like, yeah. And we'll just like make him drink a bush every 10 minutes and it'll just get <laughs> even more interesting as, as it goes on. Let's so just get even more brutally honest. I feel like that could make for like just a really interesting like moped episode as a whole. All right, guys, like this episode's called like drinking problems, and like if you're listening to this, find yourself in a safe space because we're making everyone drink every ten minutes. I mean, <laughs> let me know when we start. <laughs> I don't like I personally don't drink, so I could be like the supervisor, you know, just try to keep everyone on track. 
Like we could call it Power Hour. I don't know if you ever played Power Hour. Ooh, I, no, I, I haven't. I've never played Power Hour, but I do remember the rules. It is you, you take beer and you have shot glasses, and everyone has to take one shot of beer every minute for an hour. Wow. So I don't know how many beers you would end up drinking if you're drinking it in a shot form, but I feel like you drink a lot, and maybe some maybe there's something about drinking it as a shot that has a that has some added effect. I really don't know. I'll pitch it to Joe. <laughs> it totally sounds like something he'd be stoked about, though. Power, Mo Penari, Power Hour. <laughs> <laughs> I I fucking love it. I I will I will literally mention it the next time I see him. Hell yeah! I think he'd be very into it. I'm sick. Well, dude, <laughs> I think what you have going on is awesome, dude. This whole thing started too because I was like, oh, like I saw your shit, and I was like, dude, we got to talk about like 3D printed parts and stuff. We never even got into 3D printed parts, so we're definitely have to run it back to another one. But like, it was yeah. a blast. I had a great time. You want to tell everyone again like where they can find you and where they can follow i'll put all your shit in the description tomorrow but like you know tell them where yeah. they can find your projects and keep a track of what's going on and you know you have cool stuff for sale on your site too so guys hook you know if you need stuff hit, hit them up yeah any side covers any fucking plastic parts if it fits if it's like the size of a cinder block or smaller i can print it or send it off for nylon printing shimmel engineering on instagram www.shimmelengineering.com my website there's some shitty stuff for sale on my shitty squarespace website fuck squarespace <laughs> and uh yeah we'll talk about printed stuff and scanning some other time and yeah we'll rematch and do power hour power hour 3d scanning print time hell yeah and if, so uh, you need and more, then it's like you need more shirts printed dude hit me up i got you i yes we'll be in touch I'm like, I'm like sport tech posi charge yeah that shit's cheap i can buy those <laughs> I, I will be in touch i finally have a logo so i will be in touch hell yeah <sighs> all right guys well, uh, happy 2023 fucking um, last one yeah dude we're bringing it in hope you guys tomorrow when you wake up you listen to this on your on your joyous new day of the new year and hopefully this episode makes you want to like you know let you know you're not alone whether it's not having a garage for all your friends to go hang out at whether it's you know having an addiction on buying parts you don't need you know <laughs> whether it's like saying fuck mopeds you want to ride jet skis too like this 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 one's for everybody fuck yeah <laughs> oh yeah Ryan. all right thanks dude i'll talk to you later bro for sure all right i'll catch you later man all good right, night. night later <laughs> boy like I'm not gonna lie, like I had a blast hanging out with Ryan on this episode, guys. Um, ton of fun. Like he's got a lot of cool shit going on. For sure, check out his site. Check out like his little store he's got. Like, like there's a bunch of cool stuff on it. Like I know you boys out there, your magnums and your missing trunks need need one. Like, well, here's your chance. They're they're pretty pretty inexpensive. Anyway. This year's over. We wrapped it up. Um, I was a little carefree with the podcast this year. Like I, I stopped stressing, like having to do it every week. Hopefully, you guys have been all right with that because it's this this Christmas season gets really hectic in my job. So I've been like really not 
press to like to like to like commit so i don't know i'm trying to get more committed on like you know planning ahead of time and like staying consistent for a while but if i don't i don't if i do i do like it's 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 all good we're hanging out um hopefully you guys saw listen to second chance you know when we needed a fix like jim's got a bunch of episodes out there now and if you heard one of his new recent episodes there's going to be another one coming a moped podcast called drip pan catch the drama coming out of the scene like it's gonna be a good one i hope the ladies pull it off like yeah so i don't know there's stuff going on hope you guys enjoy your year hopefully you got out you rode hopefully you made some friends you know hopefully you're planning to hit a rally next year if you've never hit one before you know there's this calendar is already filling up on moped army so just go to mopedarmy.com check out the site you know pick a rally you know smog's got their 10 year coming up like there's a lot of cool shit going on so i don't know i'm not gonna keep dragging it out fuck your car ride a moped so um what are your favorite moped sounds i don't know like touch your flower is it moving like no nah, it feels pretty locked up sounds like you're fucked dude Wah, wah, wah. You fucking